Um, we're going to get started. Uh, you are in Dev 306, which is Achieving Centralized Governance Through Policy Management. Uh, it's a topic that um, we're approaching from a unique perspective. So, uh, so my name is Joe Kinsella. I'm actually the CTO and founder of a company called Cloud Health Technologies. We're a Boston-based company, and we're actually both a uh, customer of Amazon as well as uh, a vendor. So you'll actually, if you've seen on the exhibit hall, the giant seven-foot transformers, that's actually my company. Um, uh, our tagline is Transforming the Cloud. And uh, today we also have uh, Ian, who he'll introduce himself shortly, but uh, he comes from a customer perspective. So we're going to try to tackle um, a pretty hot topic, I think, that's been going on in the cloud, which is how do you maintain the agility that brought you to the cloud, but to do that with the proper due care of governance to make sure that you're securing your company and you're, you're um, you know, taking measured business risks. So, so with that said, uh, the plan is questions at the end, but if someone can't wait, feel free to raise your hand. I'm happy to take something uh, midstream. So uh, so we'll kick us off with uh, intros. So Ian, you want to? Yeah, hi, everybody. So uh, my name's Ian Caldwell. I'm the head of infrastructure for News Corp in EMEA. So my responsibility is for the News UK newspaper printing uh, business, the HarperCollins book publishing, and the Dow Jones finance business. We have offices all around Europe. Uh, our HQ is in London. And I'm responsible for physical uh, in data centers and enterprise cloud hosting. Okay. And what I'm particularly excited about is in addition to being a uh, customer of ours, um, News Corp is also, uh, it's a unique business. It's a 40-year-old business that's using the cloud to transform uh, itself. And so I think it's a unique use case for, uh, for governance. Uh, so in terms of what we're going to do this session, we're going to uh, bounce back and forth between uh, Ian's experience at News Corp as well as uh, my experience across uh, working with some of the largest consumers of cloud infrastructure in the world. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to give you some best practice and tips and some lessons learned, learned and even some of the mistakes that we've made along the way. And as I mentioned, if you can't wait, feel free to ask questions in midstream. Um, otherwise, we'll save them for the end. So let's get started. Okay, so a little bit about News Corp and the cloud. So uh, before we embarked on our cloud journey, uh, we had a very sizable footprint across the globe. We had multiple data centers. Uh, we had uh, thousands and thousands of physical servers. And our CTO at the time decided we needed to embark on the, our journey into the cloud. And he set a global target of 75% of our infrastructure uh, was to be hosted in the public cloud within a three-year period. Uh, which we, we started off uh, with our digital estate and mobile apps and stuff and test and dev. And we, but before we did that, we also ran a global application assessment to see exactly what we could host in the cloud. And to be honest with you, there wasn't a lot that wasn't, you know, that didn't tick the box that we couldn't put in the cloud. Uh, but we spent a lot of time on that. And I think doing your homework and your diligence beforehand before you embark on that journey was crucial to our success. Uh, as I mentioned, we looked at the digital estate first, but as we got on this journey, we started looking at the enterprise world uh, and more for end-user kind of computing and the likes, traditional newspaper and finance applications to see what we could uh, host in the cloud as well. And I can say we're now down that journey as well. Okay. Excellent. And um, just it'd be great to give an overview of what are you using on Amazon today, Ian? Pretty much most of their services, to be fair. <laughs> you know, I've got a list up there, as you can see. We use quite a lot. Uh, We've got over 15,000 EC2 instances. We've got five petabytes plus in S3 storage. We have 1.4 thousand plus Amazon RDS instances. And we use most of the services you can see up there uh, 
in the UK, but I know my, my colleagues in uh, Asia Pac and North America use a lot more as well. Uh, the, the, some of the key tools we use as well, uh, uh, Puppet, Chef, uh, New Relic, and we use Cloud Health to help us know what we've got in there. Across that span of uh, infrastructure, when we dive into governance, was there any particular service or topic of uh, managing a service that was more challenging than another, Ian? Yeah, we, we, we seem to struggle with our EC2 instances, the, the sprawl, the size of them. We need to give a lot more focus on our EC uh, instances than anything else. Okay, great. As you can see there, there's, uh, to the left, we've got some of our titles, the Sun, the Times and the Sunday Times are the main News UK uh, newspapers. And on the right, there's the platforms that we uh, we use and uh, the, the tablets. And we, you know, we can the consumers can get our news on most platforms these days. Okay, excellent. So, um, so I thought we'd kick this off with what is governance. So, go governance is just one of those terms that tends to be somewhat nebulous. And you ask someone in an enterprise. Do you care about governance, cloud governance? And usually there's mixed answers to that. But when you put it in context, when you say, do you care about uh, controlling your cost? Do you care about making sure you're continuously monitoring for the uh, security of your configuration of, uh, you know, your usage of configuration in the cloud? Do you care about your, um, you know, utilization and performance and capacity? These, it suddenly becomes very personal and people begin to understand cloud governance. So my definition for governance is very simple, which is it's really just a, a process to ensure the secure, effective, efficient usage of IT resources. Um, we'll talk, why, I talk about why governance has changed in the cloud. It is not uh, what governance was 10 years ago. And uh, in addition to that, governance in, in many cases, people look at it as, you know, I went to the cloud to get away from centrally controlled bureaucratic processes. Is this yet another way to try to slow down my agility in the cloud? And I think that's, that's a topic that people are wrestling with today, which is trying to figure out how do I protect my multi-billion dollar brand of my enterprise, but how do I do that in a way where I'm not giving up the agility that brought me to the cloud? Okay. Okay. So, um, so we'll dive into this shortly, which is, um, uh, you know, I'd love, love to hear your perspective on this. But so I, I view this as a balancing act, which is on one hand, we went to the cloud for innovation. We went to the cloud for agility. Um, you know, I've built, you know, myself multiple large-scale uh, Amazon uh, distributed systems that were in the thousands of cores of compute and petabytes of storage. And each time there's just this constant challenge of I need to put controls in place to make sure that my organization is effectively and, you know, efficiently utilizing infrastructure. But at the same time, I want to do it in a way where I don't take away that agility and that innovation. So, you know, when I look at this, I look at this as a continuum, which is this is, there's no one right answer. Across an organization, I would just say as you start to think about governance, if you don't already have a governance strategy in place, you know, think of it as you're trying to balance uh, two competing needs. And you have to figure out what's right for your organization, what's right for your organization now, what might be right in the future. And, um, you know, I'd love to hear, Ian, what, what was your perspective in terms of how you, you struck this balance at News Corp? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's a delicate balancing act, uh, and it needs constant collaboration with all the teams that you're working with. I work in enterprise. There's a lot more controls in enterprise. The digital team require agility. We have to work closely with them and make sure that we're, we're both working for the same goals. But, you know, in the beginning, it was difficult. It really was. Yeah, makes sense. 
All right, so just uh, I want to touch on uh, why is this different. And, um, you know, so I had the experience of working in a large technology company, an enterprise, and uh, the pace of change in uh, the infrastructure that I managed for my application was, um, it was for its time, it was relatively fast, but it was down to, you know, dozens of changes at most a month that would occur in an environment that could uh, deviate from uh, a governance or even external compliance um, uh, rules that had put in place for our business. But the pace of change in the cloud is fundamentally different. So I'm sure you're all seeing this, which is there's effectively a three and in some cases four orders of magnitude difference in terms of the pace of change in a cloud environment from a traditional on-premise environment. And this isn't actually some uh, defect of, uh, of cloud providers like Amazon. This is actually, we want to consume infrastructure this way. The, the, the fact that we have consumption-based on-demand infrastructure has changed the way that we construct applications. So just like one workload in my company is uh, it's an analytics workload. It's um, it's very expensive to run. It has um, uh, non-correlated peaks that cause it to you know spike at different times that you can't predict. And so you know we've we've wired that to auto scale and you know, purchase nodes in uh, spot marketplace. And that's something that uh, five years ago or ten years ago you wouldn't have thought that you could do that. But today that pace of change that I've implemented is critical to the success of our business. So that's, I think that's one of the big drivers. Um, another uh, uh, challenge is just disparate management tools. When you're driving a governance strategy, often you end up needing data from multiple different products. The data is not all sitting there in Amazon or it's not sitting, sitting there in uh, New Relic or Datadog or Chef or Ansible. The truth is, is that your data that supports your governance strategy and the rules by which you actually want to assess whether or not you're complying to it, it will actually, it, it'll, it'll be span multiple products and it's, uh, it's essential that you're able to synthesize that data in one place to be able to institute those rules, understand your compliance, and then understand how you're actually going to go drive change based on that. So, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that uh, infrastructure and how we manage it has fundamentally changed and with it, governance also needs to go change. So um, just a, 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 a question for you in terms of what was the uh, the big challenge that you guys across this list or any other list what, what did you struggle with well it's cost basically so we 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 ran quite quickly with the cloud we got excited uh, but while we were doing that we wasn't really turning anything off in our data centers we was building out a large cloud footprint uh, people are not buying as many newspapers as they used to do mm -hmm. so the as we go on our journey to the digital platforms uh, we have to really focus on our costs. So collaboratively with my colleagues in uh, Asia-Pac and North America, we've come together to really focus on cost control recently. Okay, great. Want to take it away, show us some of the, you know, where you got started? Yeah, so, you know, I've been at News Corp for two years now, and, you know, as you can see from the things up there, these are the things we, we, we constantly run into uh, with our digital teams and, and the problems we had in our cloud footprint. There's no tagging. There was a reluctant, reluctance to uh, adopt reserved instances. People wanted, uh, saw that as kind of a static thing and they wanted to be able to change on a regular basis. So uh, reserved instances wasn't that popular at the time. If we did have any reserved instances, they were underutilized. There was no right sizing in the environment. People would go build a Ferrari when they didn't need a Ferrari. Uh, people were leaving things lying around. We'd have dev teams come in, build stuff. There was. E uh, elastic load balancing left unused, uh, EBS volumes left unattached, uh, our S3 storage was growing exponentially, we wasn't uh, forecasting for the growth that we was experiencing. 
And people just wasn't turning things off uh, and not shutting environments down in the nighttime. Okay, great. In terms of um, of the enterprise, there's actually a unique challenge that um, I think is overlooked in the enterprise, and that's that the the truth is is that most management of infrastructure, uh, cloud infrastructure specifically in the enterprise, is actually decentralized. And this isn't the way that infrastructure was managed 10 years ago. There was kind of the volume number was dialed all the way towards central IT control. And uh, as part of the cloud, the cloud adoption actually came kind of line of business inward. So, uh, so when we actually have customers that are enterprise customers, it's not uncommon to see five, 600 Amazon accounts. And those are five, 600 instances where at some point in time in that organization, there was an adoption of Amazon within some team. And that adoption kind of grew over time. And so there's a, there's an enormous amount of complexity that, um, that enterprises are dealing with. And they've allowed that the distrib- uh, distributed management to occur primarily to achieve the innovation and uh, the agility that, that, that they seek in the cloud. But that plus the pace of change, it's almost like this combustible mix that has occurred, that, which is why I think governance has, has kind of uh, become front and center uh, recently, which is when you have a rapid pace of change and you have decentralized management where anyone across an organization can drive a change that could cause a cost overrun, that could cause a, um, a security exposure, that could cause some other business risk, it becomes something that uh, needs to be controlled and managed in a you know, thoughtful, top-down way. Okay? Um, did you have any, actually, did you, before we go, did you have any challenge in terms of, in News Corp, of that whole decentralized adoption? We did, and I think it's a common thing for big organizations. So uh, I, I come from the enterprise background, and we, we follow the ITIL Foundation quite closely. Mm-hmm. So some of those uh, principles and processes we adopted when we built our enterprise cloud out, uh, but the digital teams didn't really kind of follow to those processes. So they kind of went a little bit rogue and went off doing their own thing. Uh, but it's a competitive marketplace, right? So the newspapers aren't selling. They need to get new products out quite quickly. Okay. Uh, the last thing they want to do is put controls in place. They just want to get there quickly. Yep. So we're kind of like trying to work more closely with them to bring some of the, some controls in. Okay. So, yeah. Excellent. Great. So in terms of where you start, so um, so kind of enough about the history of how we got here. Uh, what it, I look at it, this is a four-stage four process. So our customers um, are, as I mentioned at the beginning, they're some of the largest users of cloud infrastructure. You know, we have many customers with uh, tens of thousands of instances running on Amazon and uh, tens of petabytes of storage. And it's sprawled across, uh, you know, in many cases, many accounts, and it's decentralized across an organization. So I, I start with a simple four-step process, and I think if you're looking at implementing a governance strategy, you know, one of the best uh, practices I would give you is it really, you know, you can implement it within a team, but if you have widespread adoption of Amazon across your organization, implementing it top-down is actually um, the not only the preferred way, but it's really the only way to really manage the business risk that you're trying to manage through a governance strategy. So uh, I always start with step one, which is just establish the strategy, and we'll talk more in detail about that. Um, uh, make sure that you get buy-in from stakeholders, a common uh, mistake that we'll also talk about. Step two is just implement a uh, tool strategy to support it, which is a governance strategy without supporting tools and resources actually has no chance of being successful. So uh, ensuring that you've, you've, uh, you've done the proper analysis, you've brought in the right tools, you know, certainly, you know, my company is one of the uh, companies you certainly can look at in the space, which is we uh, normalize, correlate all the data that across your environment, and we bring it into a policy engine where you can actually drive, um, you know, front and center governance rules across the product. And then um, it's identified deliverables, which is any governance strategy should be pushing 
information out, uh, information about how well you're complying to certain policies, or in, and we increasingly see this uh, concept of, of, uh, of competitive gaming that occurs, where we have organizations are pushing information out to show how you know, Department A is beating Department B in a particular aspect of managing the cloud. So making sure your stakeholders have the information that they need and uh, information that they can act on in a governance strategy. And then it just goes back to tuning it. Just like everything in the cloud, it's, uh, um, you know, it's a continuum. It, uh, you start uh, you know, in, you know, in one place, and you just have to constantly adapt and adjust based on the needs of your business and your lessons learned. So we'll dive into each. In terms of establishing a strategy, I like this uh, little volume knob, which I meant to have the right side say control, which is uh, you can think of any strategy that you're going to implement. There's really no one right answer. You can't just dial everything for agility or dial everything for uh, control. The truth is, is there's a, you know, it, it's that balancing act again. You have to go figure out as you start to adopt a strategy. You know, I m might be willing to take um, a little bit more risk around cost. Um, and maybe that doesn't apply to News Corp, but I might be willing to take a little bit more risk around cost because the risk is lower for me there, but around security, I need to dial this volume knob more towards control. So the key is, you know, making sure that, uh, that you actually have a thoughtful top-down strategy, making sure that you actually have uh, buy-in across key stakeholders that you're going to drive a governance strategy, and then just making sure that you have the talent to support it. And this is, um, you know, I've seen many organizations, or not many, I guess I've seen a, a good, good handful of them that have had their governance strategy fail because they didn't have the resources to support it. And this is a constant challenge in the cloud, which is as public cloud in particular grows so rapidly and changes so rapidly, the, the need for talent is insatiable. And, and that talent is essential to driving a good governance strategy. So a governance strategy without um, resourcing it is uh, not likely to be successful. And I think, you know, if you don't mind, I'd love to have you touch on uh, some of the, uh, you know, between the digital teams and the enterprise teams, the competing priorities. Well, it's a challenge to recruit, recruit people that are going to focus on governance. You know, people want to build things, do digital transformation projects, you know, and they just want to work on the cool cutting edge stuff, right? They don't want to start looking at how we can turn things off and start making savings. Uh, one of the things we are doing at News Corp is we're going to build a global team in Bangalore. Uh, we go live in the next month. For, uh, one of the tracks out there will be a cloud track. Uh, they will run all the BAU operations for EMEA to start with. Uh, but in that team, I'm also going to start focusing on governance. Uh, as well, so we can get a few people out there that can keep an eye on the glass and, and help us uh, with our cost savings and governance. Okay, outstanding. Great. Uh, Cloud Steward. So um, this is not to be confused. Actually, uh, if anyone familiar with an open source project called Cloud Steward it's from Capital One, if you haven't checked it out, it's actually worth checking it out. I actually am not referencing that specifically here. Um, we use this term in Cloud Health as a terminology for what we've seen evolving, which is as as governance has kind of become increasingly uh, pressing within organizations, there is a need to have that balancing act. And so that's kind of evolved a new role. And we've, for lack of a better term, we've called it a cloud steward. And basically this is uh, a, a person in an organization who's the champion for driving that centralized uh, uh, governance. And so we typically see a, a typical adoption pattern within the enterprise is you have distributed management, you have centralized governance. And that enables the agility at the endpoints of an organization, but it allows the organization to still make sure that it has some lightweight controls um, where you might identify that there's a deviation from a tagging strategy or there's underutilization of particular workloads from the cloud steward may identify that, but 
they don't actually go drive the change. They actually go provide the information to the teams that actually go drive the change. So this is, um, you know, I, I would say this is a best practice across our most mature uh, enterprises is to actually codify the role. In many ways, I view this as very similar to what happened with DevOps several years ago, which is DevOps kind of came on the scene after many years of us uh, dealing with the impedance mismatch of uh, having engineering and operations just unable to actually have a frictionless transfer between them. And in many ways, that same friction exists between the the distributed management and the need for centralized governance. And so this is a codification of that. Um, it's something you should at least consider, which is start to establish a role, establish a process around it, and it makes the whole process uh, much more streamlined. So, and, and you just out of curiosity, is this something, you know, we, we've increasingly, customers have different names for this when we hear it. Is this something that you've been thinking about at News K or News it UK? Is, or it it is indeed. So about, I think I was only in the job about six months, and I uh, arranged a, a workshop with Amazon uh, Web Services ProServe team. Mm -hmm. And we went off-site, took my managers off-site, and we was looking at, you know, the, the, the future, the cloud, what does it mean for the data center, the team of the future. And we came across this role then, actually. And it was, uh, the, the team changes. You know, you've got a large team supporting your infrastructure in your physical data center. Suddenly, you're moving a lot of that into the cloud. You know, the, the cloud, the, the team of the future is different. And one of the roles that we saw was key was that this governance role that would help control this cloud journey. Mm -hmm. Now, we were looking at going to potentially augment our vendor management team with such a role, but now we've got this uh, Bangalore initiative. We're going to, as I mentioned, look at kind of bringing that cloud steward kind of role over there as well. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, there's uh, uh, one uh, particular company that I have in mind where they actually have 25 different teams that are using Amazon. And what they do is on a weekly basis, they actually get leaders from each team and they get together and they review the um, health of how they're doing in terms of uh, their governance strategy. And in some cases, they might see yellow on strategy, or I mean on security, and they might see, you know, their configuration management or asset management is green. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a positive, constructive way for a cloud steward to actually drive value back to um, the organizations that are consuming the cloud. Right. Right. Um, in terms of a tool strategy, uh, I mentioned at the beginning that having a governance strategy without a supporting tool strategy is um, is not likely to be successful. As I mentioned, if you think about your your policies that you have, you might have policies around um, uh, data encryption. You might have policies around um, uh, data transfer, network. Uh, data transfer across your environment. There could be policies around identity and access management. Each of these needs that, you know, may have many components that need to be analyzed, and each of those components may have data that needs to come from a different data source. So being able to adopt a tool strategy that allows you to bring the data together in one place, analyze it, and then uh, have insight and recommendations and be able to drive change is essential, and love to hear more about your tool strategy. Yeah, well, we kind of... We take some kind of off-the-shelf products, you know, everyone's familiar with New Relic, Rundeck, Puppet, etc. but working closely with our colleagues in uh, Asia Park uh, and North America, we try to come uh, create our own tools as well. Uh, the chaps in Australia came up with AWS Go, uh, which uh, enforces shutdowns in the night time, snooze and start. Uh, we're kind of uh, in a good place with that in the UK at the moment. Uh, we're writing scripts to delete unattached volumes. Uh, and 
as I mentioned, and the reason I'm here today, one of the main tools we use is Cloud Health. Uh, not only do uh, I use it on a regular basis in, in my role of head of infrastructure, I've got all the guys in my team user who work in the cloud role, but also the uh, finance director for the IT department. He actually has a, has a view on, uh, on a daily basis as well. So, you know, we, we see it as a major tool on a daily basis, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the tooling strategy will vary by company. There's um, a set of, set of great in terms of, like, AWS kit, uh, config and Lambda functions and, uh, you know, AWS config rules. There's a bunch of different tools available from Amazon and third-party vendors that can support you here. So, so I don't think any single tool strategy is right. You really just have to custom build it for your organization. Um, oh, before we go on that, I did want to ask you, um, in terms of when you picked vendors, was there any particular pattern you used in terms of, uh, you know, how you selected the right vendors? Yeah, we want to make sure they're going on the same journey as us and the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of complement our strategy. Uh, you know, they've got a cloud-first uh, uh, kind of policy. Mm -hmm. So that's quite key for us. And, you know, you can get a feel of uh, when you work with suppliers and, and people, clients like your good selves, that, you know, they've got our interest you know, yeah, obviously these companies are there to make money and uh, be successful, but they kind of put our interests first. And, you know, they're the kind of companies that we want to work with. That's great. I actually had a uh, large enterprise who, who told me that one of the mistakes that they made over the years was they adopted vendors in, that they thought they could steer in certain directions that were critical to their business. And over uh, repeated failures, they found that that's exactly what you don't want to do, which is you want to adopt uh, vendors and products that are headed in the same direction that may have uh, similar uh, visions to you, but don't try to steer them off of their path to support a large enterprise. And that happens in particular as a... Um, you know, as a uh, CTO and founder of a company, that, that happens all the time, which is you get large businesses that, that want to change your roadmap in substantial ways that maybe aren't uh, consistent with the direction of your company. And I think it's a, it's a risk that you take. So it's, it's important to adopt vendors that, that look at you as a partner and um, are trying to actually uh, build in the same direction you're building. Okay. Uh, this is an example. So in terms of uh, one of the steps I identified was uh, just identifying deliverables by stakeholders. I know this is a bit of an um, eye chart, so you probably can't see it so well in the back of the room. Uh, what this is is this is just an example of a typical uh, rollout that we see across an enterprise. And so I mentioned before that once you have a governance strategy, it's not good enough to just roll out a governance strategy. You actually, in a decentralized management model, you actually have to deliver value back to the stakeholders. You have to tell them when they're not complying with that policy. You have to provide them not just information but insight. You have to provide them recommendations. And so the more you provide them, the more you will find over time that there will be buy-in to the governance strategy and there will be a consistent execution of that governance strategy. So as you kind of uh, go around here, you'll see on the, the very left, you'll see um, is the, the central IT. You'll have the CFO and, uh, you know, financial analysts. And then different lines of business, so your line of business A, line of business B as an example. And then across the horizontal, you'll see there's different ways that they want to view this information. Um, you know, we use the term in cloud health perspectives, which is you can think of it as business groups. You might want to look at it by line of business or workload or application. Uh, there's, there's an infinite number of ways that customers want to look at this. And then once you have that view of how a, an organization wants to assess 
their, uh, their, their, their governance, their compliance to governance, there's a set of data that you want to provide them and insight and recommendations. And so being able to kind of instrument that whole pipeline and ensure that the right information is getting to the right stakeholders is a pivotal step in a governance strategy. And then at the, um, at the, the bottom, which is, I think, at, at its core, if you're going to implement a governance strategy at scale, so at small scale, you know, customers can go uh, look at their Amazon console and, you know, make assessments of their compliance or lack of compliance. When you start to get into uh, large-scale consumption of Amazon, when you get uh, thousands of instances and, you know, your, what would you say, 1,400 RDS instances or something? Yeah. Um, that's pretty substantial. Uh, once you start to get a, a effectively uh, thousands of different resources that you need to manage, um, complexity goes beyond that um, uh, that a human can actually consume. And this is where policy management comes in. And this is something that it's not exclusive to cloud health. It's something we do. I'm happy to show it to you if you happen to swing by our booth. But at its core, policy management is just being able to take this information that comes from different, re different uh, resources, be able to correlate it, normalize it, and then be able to institute rules on top of it that are that rules representing your governance strategy. And so all of this is kind of key to, you know, for, uh, for, for customers of ours, they'll actually have key stakeholders will be told, you know what, you're underutilizing your Amazon reservations, or you're at risk of going over your budget this month, or you're spending an unexpected, um, uh, unexpectedly large amount of money on uh, particular instance types that, you, that, that really are not part of your reference architecture. And these are all things that when you automate it and you actually have that information flowing to the right people at the right time, this, if you get the signal-to-noise ratio right, it becomes uh, high value that your customers actually um, expect and need to actually go execute their jobs. Okay? Hey, so this? this one, rinse and repeat. So when we embarked on our journey of cost optimization and governance on the cloud, we actually, it was called Project Roofless. Uh, we had to get roofless. We had to kind of save millions. We had to save a lot of money across News Corp. So we, we started as a project, but as we've gone on this journey, it's not a project no longer. It's BAU. We've got to keep, keep at it. We've got to do this daily. We have to make sure that people have got objectives to continue to, you know, take certain tasks like the enforced tagging, delete EBS volumes. This has to be done daily. It can't be just done as a project, then kind of start focusing on transformation projects. It has to be uh, an everyday task for people with objectives. Yeah. Is this is this the next set of things you're doing, or this is what we got going on at the moment? Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, again, working with our friends in Australia and uh, uh, North America, we're going to continue uh, to work with some of this list here. Enforced tagging is something we really want to get want to get to. If you don't play by the rules and it's not sure. tagged properly, we'll remove it. Yep. Right. Yep. Now that kind of sends a lot of fear to the digital teams because you know they don't they don't they don't want such governance rules, but it's the only way it's going to work. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we see that increasingly customers have moved from using tagging as a means of, you know, um, kind of uh, best practice to yep. actually driving, you know, this is configured properly exactly. and complying to policy. Yep. So. Okay, so uh, in we, terms of, you know, two, two topics I know you, you've, you've had um, on your radar. One would be cost and the other would be security. You want to tell us more about your cost experience? Well, look, we, 
we spend a lot of money on reserved instances uh, across News Corp, and uh, we're starting to see the significant savings on our monthly bill from the, from that. We had to take, uh, we had to be brave with that one. Now, like as I mentioned at the beginning, people kind of was wary about reserved instances. Uh, we have uh, done a big exercise in right sizing our estate. Again, don't build a Ferrari if you don't need one. You know, we had a lot of kind of big uh, EC2 instances out there, just totally underutilized. Uh, de decommission what we don't need. You know. Just turn things off. Be brave again. People seem to, you know, for years just kept things hanging around. Oh, we'll go back to that. Oh, we can't turn that off because we, we you know, we might need it again. But build it again. Uh, we continue to use AWS Trusted Advisor. Uh, everybody uses that one. Well, c c collectively across News Corp, we're talking hundreds of thousands. Significant amount of money. You know, we, at News Corp, we spend a lot of money with AWS. So we had to start putting some rules and governance in place. And we've, we're already uh, reaping the benefits. It's not uncommon to see when you start driving a governance strategy around costs to see a 50% reduction in your costs over time. And you know, it, the irony there is the first uh, 25, 30% actually comes quite easily and, and then it becomes there's more friction as you start to identify additional challenges where you can optimize. But, um, but once you get to uh, efficient cost governance, uh, maintaining it from there is actually uh, not so hard. So it's you know it's a worthwhile investment. It uh, it can seem daunting up front to actually uh, go embark on it, but you know I think in, in many cases 50% is a pretty pretty reasonable target. Okay. Um, and in terms of uh, just common mistakes, I mean uh, I've seen customers accidentally spin up 25,000 instances in a in a day. Um, you know what mistakes did you make? Th that's happened. We've had uh, we've had that before. Uh, not often, but it's happened. Uh, the biggest one is not adopting uh, the governance from the from day go, day one. Mm -hmm. We left it too late. We kind of embarked on a journey of agility, innovation, and it was all very exciting. But we should have kind of had better controls in uh, earlier. Okay, great. Security. Tell us about. Uh... Well, we take security very seriously, uh, News Corp, uh, and we've kind of in, we've got some best practice. We use security groups. Uh, our network ACLs are reviewed constantly. Uh, we have AM roles, uh, groups created and applied to instances. Uh, users not active in use are, re are removed uh, immediately. Uh, IAM users are audited and user accesses are modified. Mm -hmm. So we do take security quite easy, uh, seriously. And again, with the, uh, some of the, tool, the, uh, the processes I mentioned where the, the cloud team have to do that on a, a daily basis and be, able, be put it in their PDR and objectified, mm -hmm. same with the security initiatives. Yeah. How has um, uh, the security team had to adapt to actually managing security in the cloud? Yeah, they've had to adopt uh, the new processes. They've had to think differently. But more so, rather than the security team uh, kind of uh, being in charge and, and just kind of setting the rules and kind of putting a big wall in, they've had to uh, work more closely with the cloud infrastructure teams. Okay. They've had to understand a bit more flexibility. But they've also had to kind of go on the journey with us as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of great resources here. If you don't have best practices, you know, one I would point you to is anyone familiar with Center for Internet Security is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good framework that you can go look at. It's, um, it's a nonprofit organization based out of New Jersey. They publish a variety of different best practice benchmarks. One they publish is for Amazon. And uh, being able to uh, implement those best practices is a good starting point if you're looking for uh, governance around security.
Right, so um, uh, uh, key success metrics. So, um, so there's a variety of different ways that you can look at success metrics across uh, governance, and there's really no one-size-fits-all to everything. Uh, one component that you want to look at in terms of just topics, I, I typically talk about these uh, five topics. One is architectural. This is one that often gets overlooked, which is at the end of the day, to really drive high efficiency, you're looking for reference architectures. You're looking for having standards by which you actually provision infrastructure and manage that infrastructure. And so you want to you know, measure your compliance to those standards. Now, typically, when a company gets in the cloud, there's, it's kind of a free-for-all. There isn't standardization. Standardization evolves over time as a governance strategy matures. But this is just one to watch for, which is over time, you should have different workloads that have different usage patterns, and they get provisioned in very predefined ways, and they're configured in certain ways, and not just from inside the operating system using uh, a configuration management tool like you know uh, Ansible or, or Chef, but also how they're configured from a management plane, from, a, from an Amazon uh, fabric perspective. Um, so that's just one to look for, and there's a variety of different key metrics that um, that we have customers report. One of our customers just reports on uh, just compliance to the standards, where there's actually kind of like a uh, documented standard across all of the workloads and uh, your percentage compliance to those standards. The second is obviously cost. Um, we see a lot of uh, metrics around TCO and ROI and just your efficiency of leveraging that infrastructure. So making sure that you you shut infrastructure, you know, the, the classic term is turn the lights out at night. So a lot of cloud workloads we find across customers, and I'm sure you saw this as well, a lot of cloud workloads, you know, aren't harnessing the uh, consumption-based nature of the cloud. And so there are cases where workloads can be auto-scaled up, auto-scaled down, where you can turn the lights out at night because they're not using them. But it's so easy just to not do that. And so over time, driving uh, metrics around how efficiently teams are using uh, the cloud is essential. And one of the things I mentioned before I'll just bring up here is we increasingly see customers looking to make it a game. Uh, so it's a competitive game across teams that are using the cloud, which is they try to push out information that raises their cost IQ, and then they let them compete against each other to see who's more efficient and who's actually better utilizing their infrastructure. Um, third component is just uh, asset management, which is when you provision infrastructure, you want it configured in a certain way. If it's, uh, you know, if it's perimeter um, uh, web servers for a particular application and you want them configured in a certain way with certain egress, ingress, uh, you know, uh, backing VPCs and security groups, just making sure that you have that defined and configured consistently and that any deviations from uh, that configuration are something that you know about and can actually understand why that change has occurred and potentially undo that change, roll that change back if, in fact, it's not compliant with your policy is, uh, is uh, something else that you, you want to look for. And security, I think you can use benchmarks if you're in a regulated industry, being able to... Um, uh, being able to comply with uh, uh, you know different regulations is is uh, is one challenge, but even internally, just being able to comply with your own internal standards around con uh, encryption and data at rest and uh, network security and application security and uh, you know uh, uh, data continuity. So, and then the last one is just adoption, and this is another area that gets overlooked, which is. As you're driving a transformation, this is particularly important across an enterprise where you're actually driving a transformation strategy, being able to assess 
how well you're executing that strategy and the adoption of different teams. And uh, you know, I have one uh, particular company that measures this based on the breadth of services that are adopted, the um, uh, you know the uh, adoption of new services that come from Amazon that can actually enable value in the business. So this is another area where you can look at having metrics. I think being able to once you have the governance strategy, once you're kind of raising the IQ across all of your stakeholders being able to put some KPIs in place for it and be able to measure that over time is uh, just a key component to make sure that you're constantly tuning and, uh, and getting better and more efficient and more uh, effective. Okay? And, and I'm happy to take a question. Is there any questions so far anybody has? Okay, all right, great. All right, so in terms of what's next for governance, um, you know, governance has a uh, a long way to go, which is, I think this is, um, I, there really, really were not many sessions at reInvent last year around governance. It's something that we've seen evolve as a front and center topic that um, uh, companies are struggling with in the cloud. So there's kind of four areas that I'd love to chat about in terms of just we see evolving in governance. One is just processes, and this kind of goes back to my um, analogy of DevOps, where there was an impedance mismatch and there was uh, not just a culture of DevOps that was created, but there was a set of um, kind of best practice processes that got adopted over time. That same transformation of processes and adoption of processes has to occur around governance and just be able to codify uh, best practices in, in more efficient ways that we can actually uh, you know, manage our infrastructure, control our infrastructure without giving up the agility that brought us into the cloud. Um, uh, another is just uh, roles. So I mentioned the cloud steward. I think that's just one example of a uh, central role that you can adopt that, and it could be a part-time role, it could be a full-time role, that ensures more effective usage of infrastructure and more secure usage of infrastructure. But I think there's additional roles that will evolve, you know. I think, um, you know, we've seen some people adopt, um, you know, a VP of, uh, of cloud where there's actually a single point where all of, all of the authority over consumption and governance actually rolls up. So I think there's a handful of roles that will evolve over time. Um, third is tooling. I think the tooling today is surprisingly immature, and I don't mean from a cloud vendor perspective, I just mean across the whole spectrum, which is given the fact that most of us are dealing with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of changes that are occurring across our infrastructure per week, being able to have tools that can give you real-time or near real-time understanding of are you in compliance, did you just expose yourself to a security risk? Are you likely to have this particular team go over budget as a result of the change that they just made? Have that just continuous evaluation and then pushing the right information out to the right people that includes not just that there's something to pay attention to, but what you might be able to do about it. So this is something that my company, it's something, an area I'm particularly passionate about, it's something that we've been investing in, but it's something that you should think about as well, which is over time, as you scale up your usage, you're going to have dozens of different tools that you're using. You might have Chef Puppet, Ansible, SaltStack, New Relic, AppDynamics, AlertLogic, and the list goes on. And being able to do that with public cloud infrastructure, potentially hybrid cloud infrastructure, and be able to bring all that data in a way, in, in a, a place where you can actually understand your compliance on a near real-time basis is going to be increasingly essential as time goes on. And then just the last piece is shared standards, which is, you know, today what we see, see across our customer base because everyone's creating their own standards. They're actually implementing their own policies in cloud health, and they all, you know, if it's not a cloud health provided default policy, um, uh, they all look a little bit different, and, and to some extent that's expected, but to some extent uh, it's becoming increasingly important for customers to start to have 
more standard practices and uh, just ways where they can actually share their best practices with other peers in their industry so that we all don't start from the same starting point of constructing our own governance strategy. And um, you know, I'm just curious, like, where do, where do you see governance going for News Corp? Well, I think we need to continue the good work we've done in the, over the last 12 months. Because uh, when I joined, there was pretty much enterprise over here, digital over here, and never the twain shall meet. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done some good work to bring those together, working together, collaborating more. We collaborate very closely with our friends in Australia and North America, continue with that, continue to adopt shared services and tools. Don't let people go rogue. Don't let people go off and uh, do things their own way. But also that objective, you know, we're all in it together. You know, uh, governance and, and cost control, should all, we should all share the same kind of objective. Yeah, makes sense. Have you um, managed to get to the point where you're actually looking at putting, like, KPIs and dashboards and, and assessing the quality of your adherence to it? Yeah, well, we certainly are doing that in the enterprise world. Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily speak for the digital teams at this moment, but I do know that from a senior leadership team, they're trying to drive the same set of standards and KPIs. Okay, awesome. All right, great. So uh, just one last piece, and uh, then I'm happy to take any questions you have. So um, these are just five best practices that, um, that I just I pass on, on to you, and I've seen many organizations make mistakes in this area. Um, I'll confess I've made a couple of these myself. Uh, uh, first I'd give you is uh, just, you know, empower a central owner, which is uh, one of the things is when everybody owns something, no one owns something. And so being able to have one person that you can say, you know what, I'm looking for you to actually drive our cost efficiency. I'm looking for you to drive the security of our adoption of the cloud. Just identifying that owner, empowering that owner, and just uh, making sure that that owner knows that this is a role that requires high collaboration with the teams that are consuming the cloud. It's not a uh, dictatorship. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a collaboration role where you actually are adding value back to key stakeholders. So that's one. Uh, second is don't give up on agility. I've seen some organizations try to turn the knob too quickly and say, you know what, we had um, this enormous cost overrun last month or we had you know, a security exposure and it's caused by this distributed management and we just want to dial the volume knob all the way back towards control. Um, that makes no sense, which is that's not how infrastructure is being built today. It's not how we're going to build, build infrastructure for the next 10 years, which is the world of, uh, you know, bureaucratic, slow-moving infrastructure. You know, that's, that's, that's yesterday's infrastructure, which is you need to always be aspiring to be as agile as possible. So you know, one of the mantras I used to have years ago is I used to tell uh, my engineering teams that our goal is to use as close to 100% of the resources that we provisioned while maintaining Security, availability, you know, and performance. And, you know, and I think that's a, a good goal uh, around agility, which is always strive to be more agile and don't let governance get in your way. Do governance does not have to be bureaucratic. It can be lightweight. It can be value add. It can be a very positive, constructive thing across an organization and make you more efficient. Um, third is, is uh, create uh, partnerships with strategic vendors. You can't do this with everyone. You know, your time's limited. I, you know, I, I know, um, you know, I, I sympathize with many of you that are actually driving governance strategies or owning, managing the cloud, which is, I'm sure you have lots of vendors that want to talk to you. And uh, choosing the ones that you really want to spend time to is, um, you know, you want to do wisely. And you want to choose the vendors that add the most value to your business 
and uh, and reduce the risk of your business uh, and its adoption of the cloud. So, you know, just finding a handful of those, investing in those, uh, spending time, you know, uh, one of the things that I know our customers do and certainly News Corp does is um, just, you know, getting together on a regular basis, attending. We had uh, a customer appreciation breakfast this morning in terms of just diving into specific issues that you're having and making sure that you have a vendor that's actually steering its strategy to support you. Um, uh, third, I would say, is just establish high-value policies. This is the rinse and repeat that Ian talked to, which is start with the highest value. If your pain point is cost, if you have, you know, a CFO who's just saying, I don't get this, which is we went to the cloud because we thought it was going to be, you know, less expensive than data center infrastructure, but I'm paying for power and cooling and everything else in my data center, and I see my costs going up. You know, I think that's an example of, you know, establish high-value policies where you can actually show the value back to your stakeholders, back to your organization, around how governance and tighter management can actually have an impact on your business. And then over time, you can start to expand them. So I think understanding uh, which ones to start, we tend to find they tend to start around cost and security, um, exactly like your, your examples. And then the last piece is automate, which is at the end of the day, you manage uh, thousands of cores of compute. Uh, you are not going to do this with human beings. And uh, if you are not managing thousands of cores of compute, you're managing maybe hundreds. Uh, if you will someday be managing thousands, you need to have a plan to get the humans out of this process. And so governance over time, you know, if we fast forward three or four or five years into the future, you know, our relationship with, you know, we're at this tipping point right now with how we manage cloud infrastructure. The example I always provide people is, is to some extent we're using the cloud over the last several years as better virtualization, but things like the platform services from Amazon and some of the announcements we saw today or um, things like uh, Lambda just show you that how we're going to engage with uh, cloud infrastructure in the future is going to be fundamentally different. And so being able to drive a you know, headless, you know, software-driven automation of your business policies and your governance policies will over time be essential. You don't have to start there, though. You can start with uh, people driving this for you. You can uh, iterate through a few uh, feedback loops, start to uh, learn and tune. And then over time, you can look at how is it that I make it so I take the humans out of this and just drive the changes. So this is something, something that I particularly believe in, and it's something that um, I've invested heavily in my product to go do, which is, you know, things as simple as, you know, there's uh, an opportunity to save $1,000 today by actually splitting these reserved instances and merging these coterminous reserved instances and just driving that change. Rather than have a human being go identify that change for you, you can actually have software that sits there continuously, identifies that there's an opportunity, and then drives that change for you. Okay? And that's it. So uh, we have a few minutes. If there's any questions, um, uh, we're happy to answer them for Ian and myself. Yeah, please.